Yeah, this has kind of like silent film levels of yes, like comedy violence. Yeah, it's so. But you know, I was thinking about this earlier as we were prepping for this episode. That you know, when you actually take a look at it, in a way, it's more ridiculous that a show like Citizen Smith or Faulty Towers or films like The Life of Brian uh, are continually referenced in popular culture. In a way, it kind of betrays the like choking crushing hold that boomers and old gen xers still have on like british media discourse in the sense that someone bringing up you know comparing you know students who supported corbin to citizen smith it's like why the fuck would they get that reference that show came out in the late 70s you know you realize you're like this is in 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 the case of the episode we watched this is almost 44 years old and it's the equivalent of there being like David Badil of the late seventies, like fucking, you know, booming his voice to make fun of you and referencing like a show from nineteen thirty four, which is ridiculous, which is fucking absurd. Like I'm British referencing Hancock's half hour to mock. <laughs> well, you see, like it's that kind of shit, you know. Yeah, and gotta stop the hunt. <laughs> and so, um. It, you're reminded of the fact that, like, I think this, you could look at this as like an ancillary episode to our episode about the 70s and our talk with uh, Paul Ewart about, uh, you know, the, the, the crisis in Britain that led to Thatcherism, which is that, like, the 70s, for better or worse, have this weird cultural stranglehold on Britain and referencing the 70s and sort of like holding up as this example of how everything was so bad and how everything is so much better. This is not the case. Um, it's, it's very interesting because when, for me, the thing about this that made it the most striking was just that like, if this is how people envisioned contemporary life in Britain, what was very funny to me was that like their houses are very big and, uh, and but everything is drab. Like there's this uniform drabness about everything and, uh, you know, and nature's perfect idiot, Frank Spencer, you know, going around getting getting hit by by boards from people's fences or like accidentally getting his, his neighbor's car smashed up by a milk truck, which then goes sideways, um, exploding a boiler, uh, like, you know, knocking over his wife while she's carrying a tea tray and stuff getting smashed everywhere. Like, there's just this extent to which, uh, yeah, it, it, it feels like it's this, the, like I was saying previously, like, a silent film pratfall TV show set in the Eastern Bloc. <laughs> like, that's what it looks like to me. Britain in the 70s looks like the fucking Eastern Bloc to me. Like, the new hit show on Soviet TV. Well, ironically, like a lot of these British 70s TV shows were like massive hits in like random, like, I mean, when we were talking about East um, fucking uh, Only Fools and Horses, that was like a massive hit in Albania for some reason. Well, yeah, if I remember correctly, we, we looked through it and we discovered that uh, a bunch of Eastern Bloc countries not only had huge fandoms for Only Fools and Horses, but many of these countries had done remakes in their own culture, language, etc. of Only Fools and Horses. So basically, like, every culture in Eastern Europe has like a white van man dumbass who's trying to like get rich on scams. And so that that's like an eternal motif occurring throughout throughout every culture in Europe, apparently. Well, yeah, except having spent some time in Eastern Europe, like in Eastern Europe, Del Boy like isn't a comedy character. That's just like a normal guy. <laughs> that's that's a normal job. Oh, yes, that's you a- go to work at the scam factory. <laughs> but that's 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 a job people aspire to. <laughs> Basically, yeah. 
it it is very interesting to me that um I'm reading more about uh, about some others who have them, and um, I'm going to read some stuff about the repeat airings that this show has done. So it says, the BBC has repeated some others who have them several times since the series was produced in the 70s. British Channel's Gold, BBC Two, and BBC Prime took over repeats of the program in 2007. The program has been shown on Catalan Public Television... The Gibraltar Broadcasting <laughs> Corporation in the 1970s. Just imagine like a Catalan separatist like waving a big flag that has Frank Spencer on he it. He just loves Frank Spencer's beret. He's like, I identify with this fucking guy. Ooh, uh, free Barcelona. <laughs> Nigeria on the NTA in the 1980s and 1990s. And in Australia... And I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not going to do the accent, but I'm imagining Betty like... Haram. Yeah, like like Nigerian dad watching the being like this is a debased culture. This is a fallen country. Um, in Australia, on the nine networks go from 2009 to 2010, and later on the seven network digital channel seven two was also screened in New Zealand in the 1980s, where it was very popular. I I do kind of wonder about that. Like, is do you feel as though it's popular? It was popular in the antipodes, if you will, because of because of the fact of like the sort of it's like send upness. It's sort of overstated Englishness, or because it's like it's making fun of England. Like it, it, it makes England out to be like a, a big dumb joke full of idiots. I I think that must be a big element of it because I feel like, I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be like when you when you speak to older British people about like shows from the seventies that they really fondly recall. Like it doesn't seem to be the case that this is particularly one of them. Like. Yeah, you're much more likely to get people will talk about like, yeah, like Morecambe and Wise or Dad's Army or Open All Hours or like the, those kind of things. But some others do have them is definitely like more in the niche camp. Like it's not. Um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, looking at some of the kind of retrospectives on this show, like they've, you know, sold DVD sets of it. They've sold very well. It's still popular. But when it, uh, when it gets assessed, you know, with all the other British sitcoms that have become like household names, it doesn't it doesn't rank in like the top 20 for example yeah yeah so i talked to my mom about this because um i i couldn't believe the the the, the ratings did you see this it said it regularly attracted over 25 million viewers and then oh my, my and then my mom was like there was nothing else on <laughs> I was like, in the 70s on like british tv you could watch like you know it was like you know the news some mothers do have a more like the coal and gas report like that was basically I feel like, like i would i would have be, i would i would get coal and gas pilled i would absolutely yeah. become a coal and gas report fan like i would, <laughs> I would unironically turn the tv off and turn on the radio and listen to like the shipping forecast yeah absolutely listen to frank spencer doing the shipping forecast <laughs> dogger <laughs> yeah so, um, so in this episode, effectively that yeah. we watched, uh, Fra- Frank Frank Spencer is uh, has received a letter in the post that he's been conditionally accepted for a settlement visa. He and Betty have been conditionally accepted for a settlement visa in Australia yeah. because his grand- him taking an elocution lesson. <laughs> yeah, because apparently he wants to get his pilot's license, but he can't talk normally, and it's not that he has a speech impediment. He's just a dumbass and talks weird. Yeah, because as we know, pilots have to have radio voice. Yes, to, pilots have to be podcasters in their own right. That's right. Yeah, you have, to, have, be, to, do you have to be the Sarah Koenig of you know flying. They a have to do bits with air traffic control, like 
when they when they hit their coordinates and check in with the the air traffic control towers of nearby airports they have to ask them what if a swedish guy was italian and they have to do that voice and then when someone responds with what if a swedish guy was spanish they have to go oi but they have to do it in a swedish way like that's uh, that's a thing you do as a pilot good evening dallas uh, this is klm423 uh, <laughs> could you please tell me uh, uh, what if uh, what if pinochet was gay <laughs> you know it's funny um we used to do this all the time to to fuck with our, our soldiers when we were training if you've been deployed like and you've talked to attack aviation really any helicopter but especially attack aviation it's always really disconcerting because the microphones they have inside their helmets are like they sound really really clear which is weird because like radio voice just isn't that clear from a handset or like talking to the radio yeah. and that kind of thing but those guys radios like their voice sounds very very clear but there's always uh this noise of both the engine itself whining and the rotors spinning in the helicopter. So what you should do, Milo, is just talk in that voice like you were just doing, and I'll do the helicopter noise really fast. So just like say, <laughs> say, say you were you were t- you were a helicopter pilot checking in with air traffic control, asking if Pinochet was gay. Uh, please, please come in, Dallas. Uh, we are uh, we are trying. That's one hundred percent what it sounds like, it's, it, 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 and it's just like. Once you've heard that, you'd start doing that fucking, we would have two people like do a radio call and pretend to be the attack aviation and just talk one person in the background humming that loud, that, that high pitched noise and patting on their body armor and the other person like, oh yeah, this is, uh, this is Kilo 26, so we are inbound at this time. Mm-hmm. And like they always have this like, I am too fucking cool for school kind of voice. So you know what? I feel like, yeah, there is some crossover between... Oh, it's Kilo 2-6, I'm inbound. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They should have to. That's what happens when you get a British attack helicopter. <laughs> you know, it's very funny, too, because it's like, I, I do wonder sometimes if this people sell this impression of England as being like basically harmless because of the sort of Frank Spencer stereotypes archetype, if you will. And then it's like, actually, no, the cast of This Is England is, is more true to life, oh, you know. Now that would be a show we should definitely watch and talk about, or the film at least, because I feel like that. Uh, oh God, yeah, 